You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name's Janine Bitson. And I'm Brad Gray. And we've just had a wonderful first hour this morning, but now we're going to have a really impactful story Mm -hmm. for all of us, and especially with the whole abortion thing going on. I mean, there's just such a loving option out there, right, Brad? Absolutely. And so please stay tuned and hear this incredible story. Um, We're going to have three guests on, and uh, they're going to be telling us an incredible story about adoption. Um, But so just bear with us as we do three phone lines and Brad and I (laughs) together. But uh, anyway, it's been a great first hour, Brad. Right. Absolutely. It was just super fantastic preparation for the uh, Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, uh, then a wonderful insight into the, the role of the apostles, uh, not only in, in the life of the church, but also in our own spiritual lives and how we can encounter the Lord and, and experience the gospel more richly through the eyes of the apostles. Uh, and, and just think about that. I couldn't help mm-hmm. but think about like the upper room, you know, I mean, we're still a little ways away from Pentecost, but, mm-hmm. you know, to unpack Mary and the apostles in that first hour, and right. that's just got to be something we take our whole spiritual journey with us. Mm-hmm. We need to never forget the beginnings. Yes, absolutely. So, well, let's let's move into uh, this this fantastic story. We've got uh, Chuck and Marianne Vadova on the line with us. Good morning to you guys. Hi. And uh, do, uh, do, do we have Anne? Uh, not yet. Okay, we're going to be having another gal join us, Anne, Amy. Um, but Chuck and Marianne, yeah. as we're getting started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Uh, Chuck, why don't Chuck, you start? Chuck, why don't you go first? Sure. So I'm a father of four. I've got four kids, James, Bo, Rosemary, and Genevieve. And I'll be celebrating next week my 25th anniversary to my wife, Kristen, who's on the line with, with my mom in, uh, in Grand Forks. Well, congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm currently uh, in the Army National Guard, so I'm mobilized out in Washington, D.C. right now. But that's winding down, looking to get forward to being back home in the next couple months. Well, thank you for serving our country. Yeah, yeah. my pleasure. And thank you for your 25 years of yeah. uh, dedication to marriage. Uh, that's so so beautiful, so special. Uh, Mary, uh, Marianne, I'm sorry. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, right now I'm living in a retirement home. Um. My husband is living at home, but I'm living here in, at St. Anne's in Grand Forks in a retirement home, and because I have memory problems, hmm. but I I do remember my dear son and and what led you know the adoption and stuff like that you know. Oh, beautiful, yeah, beautiful. Well, I I know St. Anne's is a wonderful wonderful place to be, so I'm grateful that uh, you have a home there and uh, getting. Getting the care that you need, but mm-hmm. uh, God bless you Thank and all you. that you have done. So, Anne, we have you on the line now, right? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, very well. Good morning. Thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself to start us off, Anne? Sure. I am Chuck's birth mom. I live in uh, rural North Dakota, Pheasant, in a town of about 400 people. I have raised two daughters after Chuck was born, and my life is good. 
Great, great. So you're Chuck's birth mom. So tell us a little bit about uh, how the story all began for us. Well, I was 16 and pregnant. And um, it was 1977. So teen pregnancy was very different then mm. than it is now. Um, there, there weren't then, and there still aren't very many resources for people with unintended pregnancies. Mm-hmm. But um, at the time, teen girls didn't stay in high school, you know. So I really credit my parents for seeing me through that that time. And um, I'm not sure which which direction you want to go. Well, how did, story, so. so how did you feel when you when you got pregnant? I imagine you, as a sixteen year old, you're like, "What do I what do I do here? This this changes everything." Uh, Roe v. Wade had already passed at this point. There's, I, I can only presume that there's a temptation to think, "Well, you know, I'm just going to move on with my life." What, what was that like for you, discovering you're pregnant as a sixteen year old? Well, actually, it was at my mom's suggestion that I go to the doctor for pregnancy test. Um, I was, I was just very young and didn't mm-hmm. didn't realize the changes that were going on. Um, abortion was never even in my mm-hmm. realm of consideration. Beautiful. It just never it never crossed my mind. Beautiful, beautiful. So, uh, what what inspired you to choose adoption, and, and how did you go about that? Do we still have you there, Ann? Oh. Well, it, it's really special, you know, when we think of how many years we've been battling this abortion mm-hmm. debate, and that four years after Roe v. Wade became a legal, mm-hmm. you know, uh, document of the land, so yeah. to speak, ruling law, uh, that someone had it in her heart to know that that yeah. was not the right option. Yep. Um, and, and how beautiful, as we continue the story while we get Anne back, um, can you tell us a little bit about um, what in... Oh, man, we really, Marianne, how was this a great blessing in your life? Let's go there while we get uh, Anne back. Um, well, we, I wasn't able to conceive in the and I was already older, and so um, it, it just was my, you know, it's the only way, I knew that was the only way we could have a child, and um, I, it's fine. I, I didn't bother me, you know. I, in fact, I, I was looking forward to it, and and my husband was too. So mm. it's been a blessing all the way around. Oh, wonderful. We have Anne back. And we just heard from Mary Ann about how she wasn't able to have a child and that what a great blessing it was for her in her life that you were seeking out adoption for Chuck. So, Anne, continue uh, visiting with us about what you were uh, saying before we lost contact. Sure. Um, I, I hadn't really made an adoption plan. I was, at the time... Um, Girls didn't really stay in high school when they were pregnant. Mm. And so I I spent a month or... Oh, rats. <laughs> I think yeah. we lost Anne again. Uh, well, Marianne, I'm, I'm curious. So you guys, uh, clearly you wound up adopting Chuck, but how did that come to be? You said you, you were not able to have children. What was the progress... Uh, 
How did you make connections with Anne? How did you get uh, open to the idea of adoption? How did that kind of all evolve in your own life and experience? Well, like I said, I, I, I wanted a child, and I knew I, you know, I couldn't conceive. Mm-hmm. And so um, I never went through pregnancy tests because I figured, hey, I never used birth control, so it's in God's hands. Sure. You know, if I can't have my own, we're more than willing, I mean, out to adopt. And uh, we just went through Catholic family because, mm. we, you know, we just went through Catholic family, and that was the route. Never, I never considered any other agency. It's just simply we're Catholics, and I'm sure there's other children, you know, out there seeking a, a Catholic home. Mm-hmm. How long were you waiting and, um, when, when you kind of put your, your name in the hat, so to speak, uh, to adopt a child? How long did you have to wait? Uh, you know, the truth of the matter is I'm having memory issues. Mm, sure. And my, my sister-in-law is sitting here with me and helping me out because she's been around, you know, <laughs> ever since. For the whole married. journey, anyway, yeah. I mean, daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law. But at any rate, um, I, I always wanted a child. And I, and I said, if I can't have any, because I was older, because I had been in the convent for many years. And so by the time I... You know, that's the convent. I was, you know, 38, I think, or something like that. And so, hey, adoption to me was, you know, after, you know, didn't work otherwise. I just, because I said I didn't take any birth control pills. Mm-hmm. So if God doesn't give me any kids, there's the other option to you know, adoption because there's always kids, people out there. You know, I don't want them to have, have to resort to abortion. Right, right. So, Chuck, we're... We're hearing a story of two extraordinary women. We just had uh, Mother's Day yesterday. Two extraordinary women that have, have loved you very much throughout the course of your life. What, uh, growing up, did you know that you were adopted? Is that something? What was that experience like for you? Was it something that kind of dawned on you uh, eventually? And, and how, what was the relationship with Anne for you growing up? Did you, was it something that wasn't there? And then all of a sudden, uh, that, that movement began in your heart. How did, how did things evolve for you? Yeah, sure. So it was, I, I had always known that I was adopted ever since I was old enough to understand what it meant. Okay. Um, I remember growing up having like kids' books, like bedtime books, um, that were about an adoption story. So it was never something that mm. that we were embarrassed about or that we shied away from as a family. Um, we celebrated it growing up. I had, you know, everybody has a birthday, but I got to have a coming home day celebration. Mm-hmm. I got to have an adoption anniversary that, that we celebrated like it was another birthday. So my my extended family, my cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, um, all celebrated it um, with love. So it was really awesome growing up in that environment where I just felt wanted and loved and never never saw being adopted as, a, you know, being a secondhand child. But I was almost, you know, more proud of it because I, hmm. I was special in that aspect. That's beautiful. You know, my wife and I are actually in the process of pursuing adoption right now uh, for a little girl from the Philippines, and it's a, an extraordinary long, arduous process. But it's it's just really encouraging and exciting to hear that. You know, um, so I'm you know I probably have to learn from you guys as far as like how do we do this well. So, yeah, right, right. Uh, but we are going to have to take a quick break. But let's uh, on the other side of the break, let's kind of move the story forward. I'd love to hear how this all evolved and what this experience has been like for all three of you. So we're going to step away, but we'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local. 
This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. This summer, embark upon a journey with Monsignor Richter, Monsignor Shea, and Father Sattler to deepen your connection with Jesus Christ. As part of the University of Mary's Certificate in Prayer and Spiritual Direction, these courses will equip you to receive a life of grace and build a foundation for leading yourself and others deeper into a relationship with the Triune God. Join us Tuesday and Thursday evenings starting May 10th. Learn more at umary.edu slash prayer. Religion, because of the very nature of what we're dealing with here, God, my most fundamental relationship, my, you know, this groundwork for my, most of my social relationships is so highly emotional for people that if you're going through a place in which your fundamental core beliefs are being challenged or uh, you might think that they might be wrong in some way or maybe they need to be you know clarified or, or some distinction might need to be brought getting around that emotion and having a place where you you feel safe like you don't have to you know protect yourself is one of the most fundamentally important moments or, or, or characteristics of helping to bring somebody through a conversion because everybody wants to feel safe publicly and uh, that's why you know the relationship is very often something that comes before the hard conversations with people. Sure. God has given us many wonderful gifts. Listeners like you are taking over the airwaves and sharing how Real Presence Radio is a gift to them. May 11th through the 13th, we'll be broadcasting some of your favorite hosts, guests, and everyday listeners from all over our great network, hoping to inspire a fruitful spring live drive. Find all the details on our website, including how to give online at realpresenceradio.com slash live dash drive. The Spring Live Drive, May 11th through the 13th on the Real Presence Radio Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Janine Bitson, and I'm also joined by Brad Gray, my wonderful co-host. Mm-hmm. We've been having a great conversation about an adoption story. And right before we went to the break, uh, Chuck was starting to tell us about uh, this journey uh, that he's in as someone who was adopted by Marianne, but his birth mom, and uh, we've had a little trouble keeping her in on uh, connected. Connected, yeah, yeah. yeah, good, good. So, Chuck, why don't you tell us more about Anne's part of the story and how you became connected with Anne? Yeah, sure. So, um, like she said, I was born in uh, in July of 1978, and at that time she was uh, in Minot, um, and really up until the last day or two struggling with the decision of whether or not she was going to keep me Mm. or whether she was going to put me up for adoption. Um, And I know she prayed a lot about it um, and and finally came to that choice um, to give me up for adoption. Um, But interestingly enough, like I was talking about with my parents, it was never something that that she hid or her family shied away from. Um, They had given me the name Daniel Mm. um, after she gave me up for adoption, so the the family continued to pray, pray for for Daniel. And as she had as she had daughters, you know, I was part of their their nightly prayer. Hmm. Um, and she's even got a few funny stories about my sister Lisa. 
um, drawing a family, and then there's this Daniel guy in there, and the teachers would kind of ask if that's an imaginary friend, um, but then they'd share that it was her her brother that was adopted. Hmm. And um, and do we have you back online now? Yes. Can oh, you hear me? great. Yes, excellent, excellent. So uh, Chuck was just telling us a little bit about the story of uh, you know after you had given him up for adoption, agonizing over the decision, and finally made that call that that's the best, uh, that that was something that you, you, you continued to be very honest and open with that and to, to keep him a part of your, your family prayer life and to, to care from him for, for him from afar, right? Yeah, that's, that's very accurate. I mean, we, the, my daughters knew him. He was, knew him as Daniel, hmm. and uh, that was... He was just a part of our life and a part of our prayers and a part of mm. he, he's he's always been a part of our family, even when we didn't know him. What what an incredible gift you gave your daughters mm. uh, to know that and the power of prayer and just in our whole uh, human family that they they knew their brother. Mm-hmm. Even though they didn't know him, they knew him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just so beautiful that what a gift you gave your daughters and you gave Chuck as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a gift. This was a so you, this was a closed adoption. Was that kind of the norm at the time when you when you gave Chuck up for adoption, or how did that come about that um, that this this wound up being a closed adoption? Yeah, open adoptions just weren't even an even a option. Hmm. Um, I think also had it been an option, beans that I only gave the Catholic Family Services a week or so before Chuck was born. Sure. So Chuck, only a week before you were born, she gave. <laughs> uh, just go ahead and take off with it. Sure. So yeah, when I. Um, initially decided that I might be interested in in contacting my birth mother um, because my entire life, um, my mom had my mom and dad had said that if you ever want to meet your birth mother, um, we're totally supportive of that, mm. and we want to help you with the process of going through Catholic Family Charities. Um, we want to pay for the initial um, background check that they have to do. So I had always known that that was an option. Um, and in the early 2000s, I'd really considered doing it just out of curiosity. Mm. I, you know, I had this, this mom out there that I loved. I just didn't know. Um, and then in uh, January of 2003, I got the call that I was being deployed to Iraq. Mm. And I didn't really think it was fair to, to contact her at that point. So I kind of put it on the back burner. But then something... Somebody said something to me, a doctor. I was going through a, um, a regular physical, and, it, you know, every question they ask about family history, I always say, I don't know I'm adopted. I don't know I'm adopted. Mm. And the doctor suggested, well, maybe you should um, do a medical, you know, background check and just see if there's anything out there. And so I um, talked to my mom, and we contacted Catholic Families and filled out the paperwork and I'd requested um, any, you know, medical information, and there was a check or a box at the bottom of the form to check. This is, would you be interested to make in contact um, if the other party is interested? Um, so I checked that and sent it off in the mail, and I think it was like two days later that I got a call from um, Catholic Families 
saying, well, we've already received word back. That's the fastest we've ever heard. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, she's been praying for you, Chuck, ever yeah. since day one. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it reminds and, me and of, it, of the, the scripture story of, of the father of the prodigal son, not that you were a prodigal son, <laughs> but just like that, that waiting, that anticipation for when I, if, if I will ever get to see him again. And wow, what a, what a, powerful, uh, what a powerful story. Yeah. Yeah, and then from thinking, you know, this any process takes long, long periods of time, mm-hmm. I got the phone call, and they said, here's her name, here's her phone number, here's her address, here's her email, and she's open to contact anytime you want. Mm. Um, so it, yeah, I, I went home from work over lunch, and I, I called her um, that afternoon, mm. and it's a, really, it's a really awesome story from her end, so I'll try and do it justice. Oh, but, uh, we might we I, might have her on. Anne, are you there? Okay. Yeah, can you oh, hear me? Oh, fantastic. So Chuck was just bringing us up to the point of when you two met Reunited, for the first time. Yes. Um, so tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, well, I, every, time, every time I had moved to a different residence over the last 30 years, I, I always updated my the files with Catholic Charities mm. just in case, just in case he needed wow. me for something. Wow. And uh, so... When he, when he called me, and so many have heard this story, but it's such a cool story. Mm. I was, my daughter Lisa and I were driving, she was driving me from one field to the next. I had been doing some field work, and uh, the phone rang, and I answered it and said, is Anne there? Is this Anne? I said, yeah, this is Anne. Who is this? And he said, this is Chuck. And I had, I I know a lot of Chucks. My brother's Chuck. <laughs> my nephew's Charlie. My dad is Charles. Wow. <laughs> a friend of mine's husband is Chuck. So, but I... Oh, no. Okay, Chuck. Chuck, <laughs> that's your call. Oh, great. And, and he said, he said, this is Chuck, your son. And I knew right then that all was well with the world. And it, wow. was, it was just a beautiful... Moment. Well, and I gotta say, you, you're, I'm, I'm having the image right now of Our Lady with uh, so many of her children that don't even know her, um, just waiting there, loving them, caring for them, uh, showering graces upon them, and waiting for the moment when they will encounter her. And uh, gosh, it just, just profound, beautiful. Um, so, what was that? What was I that like? Get goosebumps when I think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we have them right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So, what, how about for your your daughters that have been praying for their brother for all these years? Um, uh, how how did they find out? What did you tell them, or how did how things go from there? Oh yeah. Well, my one daughter was with me, and the other daughter, I called her okay. right away too, and told her, you know, we were all we were all just filled with joy. I called my mom, who was on a, a retreat or, or gathering on the East Coast trip up in Alaska, mm. and it, it was, we were all just totally, totally overjoyed. Mm. Um, what a it beautiful. was a, it was a, and the nice thing about family and our family, including Chuck and his family mm. in Grand Forks, is we're just all family, mm. and it's all love, and it's it's really Really amazing. How bizarre to hear that he's going by Chuck when that's, uh, you said your father's <laughs> name and your nephew's name. It's this family name, right? 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And Marianne, in all of this, uh, how, what were your feelings that you were uh, going through when you knew your adopted son, who you had raised, uh, had reconnected with his birth mom? I was very grateful mm. because, you know, without Anne, we wouldn't have had all these years with him. And somebody, you know, I've been asked that before, and I said, if I have, if we haven't established our love all these years, mm-hmm. why should I be threatened by him meeting the woman who gave him birth? Mm. You know, and 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 was generous enough to share him with us instead of having an abortion. Yeah. Oh, amen. That's so beautiful. That is beautiful. So, uh, Chuck, tell us, what was the first, you guys had a phone call here, what was the first meeting like? We just have two minutes left, sadly. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was kind of like going on a blind date with your mom. Um, <laughs> we uh, we agreed to meet um, in Devil's Lake at a, at a restaurant, and it was one of those things you spend your entire life, you know, walking around wondering if you've crossed paths before, um, but then when when you see each other, it's just, you know, and that connection's there, and it was just just beautiful um, talking mm-hmm. about, you know, answering the questions that I had and telling her about my life, um, and it was, I think we spent four or five hours um, just talking to each other, and it was just pure joy mm-hmm. making that, that reconnection um, oh. that we've been continuing ever since then. How about you, Anne, for the, seeing your son's face for the first time, what was that like? I can't, there are not words to, to describe that emotion um, and that love, hmm. uh, gratitude, prayer, faith, confidence. It, it really cemented my confidence in my faith um, that, that it all worked out. And I have to throw in the, the blessings of Marianne and Sai for allowing this whole reunion mm-hmm. to happen through mm-hmm. the way that they raised Chuck and his sister. And, you know, the adoptive family is is just been a phenomenal support. Let me tell you quickly about our, my first Mother's Day with him. Mm, Marianne yes. invited me to their house, and she gave me the special plate. <laughs> For breakfast that day, and said, "Anne, after 32 years, it's time for you to celebrate Mother's Day with your son." Wow. And there's just not many people who can be that gracious and loving, mm. and it's made a world of difference. Well, you guys have us. You guys have us both kind of a wreck over here. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you guys are over the phone, but yeah. we both have tears coming down our cheeks in yeah. the studio. Um, I, what a beautiful, uh, selfless, um, unconditional, I, I don't know, there just aren't words. It's, it's such a beautiful story. And Chuck, you are so blessed. You have two very holy, holy women who love you so dearly, and I'm sure your wife too. So, and your daughters. So, <laughs> but um, and of course Mary. But it, it's just like so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I well, thank you guys for for coming on and sharing this this remarkable grace, this remarkable testimony to God's presence and guidance. Yeah, we always love sharing our story. Hmm. What yeah, a gift! What well, a gift! And, and such a great time to be right after Mother's Day to to be sharing this. So. Uh, thank you guys to you and, and to all moms out there who love and, and give and 
are constantly pouring themselves out for, for their kids, even when they can't be near them. It's just, wow, beautiful. And, and just the, the great gift of adoption. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, such a beautiful, loving gift to, to give your son when, you know, circumstances were what they were, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and hopefully more people hear that adoption is an option and it's a beautiful one. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you yes, guys. And I want to I give a quick plug to birth moms. <laughs> there aren't a lot of resources out there for birth moms. And it's not like we just make the decision and that's the end of it. It's something that we carry with us yeah. forever. Yeah. And the Bellis organization out of Minnesota is just does phenomenal work with birth moms. Mm. And, the, you know, it's an important piece of the adoption story. Well, thank you. Thank you guys all for being on with us this morning. Just what a gift to, to us um, to, to be able to share that uh, beautiful, beautiful testimony. Yeah, I think the Holy Spirit was working the phone lines and the technology <laughs> because it was the perfect punch <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, to give our listening audience. So thank you again. Yeah. God bless you guys. We have, to, we have to step away, but it's just been a joy being with you this morning. Thank you God so much. God bless. Thank you. All right. All right. We'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.